0: I've been getting a lot of feedback about you know needing a role model and a mentor. And we really are changing the generations. It was less than a hundred years ago that women could not inherit land, at least in Latin America. So we are all learning together. And I think there is a big need uh, for us to look at the past in order to know where we're going in the future.
1: Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Now, here is Kathleen.
2: This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. When it comes to life's challenges, there are two types of people, those experiencing the change and the professionals advising them. Life Transitions by Dr. Amy walks beside both, helping financial professionals and individuals navigate more gracefully through any life change. To find out more, visit dramy.life. Today we're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart. It's using a money mentor to boost your financial confidence. I'm with Elaine King. She is someone that I have known for over a decade. Uh, We are both authors and we met many years ago at a Women Advisor Summit and have stayed in contact ever since. Elaine was actually recognized in 2017 by People Magazines as one of the 25 most powerful women. She is a family business advisor and certified financial planner professional who is an expert in international family Financial planning and an ambassador for the CFP, that's Certified Financial Planning, Board of Standards. She's the founder of Family and Money Matters, whose mission is to empower the family's human and financial capital to make money a positive force in their lives. As I mentioned, she's the author of two books, and she also is often cited in global media outlets such as CNN, Wall Street Journal, and Forbes. I am so excited to have you today and to connect about this awesome topic of boosting women's financial competence. Uh, Elaine, welcome.
0: Thank you so much, Kathleen. And you are way too kind for the awesome introduction. I'm very happy to be here with you and everybody that's listening to us.
2: So it's really exciting because I I love what you're up to in terms of all that you do. Um, But I know that both you and I really do share a passion for women and financial literacy and breaking money silence, not only in terms of gender, but also in terms of race. So before we get into the Q&A part of the interview, uh, tell the listeners a little bit about the two books that you have won that have won awards, because I think it's really important to put that context to our conversation.
0: Oh, thank you. So the very first book I wrote, um, actually, it's called Family and Money Matters Next Gen. And I wrote it because I saw a void of uh, parents not teaching financial literacy to the kids before going to college. So this was written for teenagers, especially high school, high school students. And then the second book is called La Familia y el Dinero hecho Facil, which was written for parents. So it's kind of like I wrote a guide for the kids and then I wrote a guide for the parents. And it's also about making money a positive force, but beyond just a financial number being wealth, being more human, social, intellectual, um, capital. And that's what I would like the world to be, basically, um, that we feel abundant, prosperous, beyond the numbers. I mean, conquer the numbers, of course, but that that's my mission.
2: <laughs> and so tell me a little bit about why you're so passionate about this. And I know Uh, that you're also very involved and passionate about helping people who are Hispanic be able to be financially literate as well.
0: Actually, yes. I wrote my first book in English, and then I saw this really huge need in Latin America. And having grown up in different countries in Latin America, I thought, you know what, let let me do this in Spanish. So why am I so passionate about it? I think I, I attribute it to three factors. One of them is I started my career in Wall Street and yes, I was the only woman in, in the group. And, and yes, I was hired because I was a woman and, oh, surprise, a minority. Then I realized that my boss, I think, got a bonus for hiring me. But despite the fact I thought that there was a need for families to have a better understanding in the family dynamics more than money. Um, I've worked now with 1,200 families, and I've seen that the women sometimes don't feel that they know enough. But they they're, they don't speak up for it because our brains, as you know, are wired differently. We need to know 150% in order for us to know to say we know. And men usually need to know 50% to say they know. So it's no surprise that in 2017, there was a study. Um, it was a retirement quiz, actually. And uh, women got 80% of the quiz wrong on retirement and men... Got got most of it right, so that's the first factor. The second factor is that um, I did a postgraduate in family therapy, and since I'm not a psychologist, I had to do it on my own family. And then I thought, you know what? I need to heal first in order for me to work with others. And I learned so many things about my family, and I encourage everybody to learn about their families. And I realized that there's such a strong role of women in my in my history. I mean. My grandma was a chemical engineer and my other grandma is a, an entrepreneur. And my great grandma was a widow at at birth, basically. I mean, not birth, but when the when the yeah, when when my grandmother died, um, was born, my gra- great grandfather died. So a lot of strong women. And then the last factor is just because. I've been getting a lot of feedback about, you know, needing a role model and a mentor. And we really are changing the generations. It was less than a 100 years ago that women could not inherit land, at least in Latin America. So we are all learning together. And I think there is a big need uh, for us to look at the past in order to know where we're going in the future.
2: Awesome. So there's a couple of things that come up with me uh, for me in listening to to all that you're saying. I mean, first of all, kudos to the women in your history who were powerful and really took on roles that maybe weren't traditional in nature uh, and really were trailblazers. The other thing I think about is, you know, if we look at the changing demographics in the United States, as you know, we are moving to being minority white and there is a large Hispanic or Latino population. So I'm wondering, do you see money silence impacting Hispanic women differently or similarly to maybe the women we typically study, which is, you know, affluent white women?
0: I definitely see see it being impacted differently because... Well, as a I guess as a family mediator, I had to take a course. And this was a, a, <laughs> surprising to me, Kathleen, um, a couple of years ago, that as a family mediator, I have to take domestic violence courses. And I didn't know that the state of Florida categorizes financial abuse in the domestic violence category. And then I started interviewing some Latin friends that I have that specialize in therapy. And I realized there's there's... Because of some maybe Latin roots, you know, the men are supposed to be the ones that provide and then the women um, can be submissive. I'm not stereotyping here. I'm just saying the facts of what, you know, the patients of this person told me. So money silence. Why? Because we tend to repeat the patterns of our great grandparents, our grandparents, our parents, and we don't have to sound pref you know, stereotypical, we just have to look at the facts. Most men were the breadwinners and women receive whatever the men will give them. So we need to break that silence, I think, and just feel more empowered because the financials show that women have more of the purchasing power of the United States. We are in line to inherit most of the wealth in the United States. We live longer uh, we make less on average. <laughs> and uh, we just need to work on our confidence, I think. And and we need more role models to do so. And, th- and that's what I guess I look at in my history, you know, my great grandparents, my great grandma, you know, inspires me to, to be, you know, a little more of a strong woman, I, I have it somewhere in there. <laughs> so I guess it's my job to find it and, and just manifest it and And inspire others, I hope.
2: I'm smiling because knowing you, you do have it in you. And uh, I actually did my 100th episode for the Breaking Money Silence podcast a while back. And we highlighted uh, two powerful women in my history uh, my Nana Mo on my mom's side and my great aunt Alice on my dad's side. So, uh, two powerful women before their time. So, I think we both have it uh, in us. You mentioned role models and you mentioned the idea of you know, you didn't use these words, but often I think you have to see it to be it. And so mentorship is really what I want to focus in on today because it's something that uh, is really important for women and a really great way to boost your financial confidence. So tell me, you know, in working with women and with these families and all your experience, both personally and professionally, uh, how might working with a money mentor be helpful to someone who's listening in that maybe wants to be more confident about money but isn't?
0: Yeah, so I it's interesting because you know I I when I took coaching classes I I was told that coaching listens and then you know the person kind of comes up with their own um, consultant usually tends to tell you what to do. But a mentor, I really like the mentorship role because a mentorship role kind of shows you by example. So so for those listening and they're looking for a money mentor, just look out for those who, A, don't complain about money, despite, you know, not being a gazillionaire, just having some kind of peace with money. The other indicator to, to find a good money mentor, I think, is somebody that Doesn't necessarily focus too much on the financial aspect, but just lives life, not vicariously, but, you know, to its fullest in their own terms. The other one, I think, and and this is something that I actually work for one of the largest banks in Peru, and um, it's interesting, but uh, they had a problem that their financial bankers didn't really have great credit history. And I told them, I said, how could you be advising people if your own money is not in place? So it's kind of like telling you, you you need to have an organized closet when my closet is a mess. So I think, I don't know how you would look under the hood, but I, I think the way people talk, you can tell if they're fulfilling their dreams. Like, for example, I was in an interview on TV a couple of years ago and the person told me, hey, Lane, you wrote about money and, and family. You must have so many billions of dollars. And I said, no, I don't. But I live, you know, in harmony. Can I buy a helicopter? Maybe I can, but I don't because I don't want to. I, I see money in a different way. So bottom line, I think if you are looking for a money mentor, the money mentor should align with your values. I can tell you most of my clients are very social impact oriented they're very um, women empowerment oriented, entrepreneurs and philanthropic. And I love that. I've, maybe I've had one client out of a thousand that was not philanthropic and I didn't ask for it. They, it's just like we're energy, you know, Kathleen, and just energy gets together. So when you're looking for a mentor, make sure that that mentor, you know, has the has similar beliefs in you, especially when you look at money.
2: So that's good. that's good advice. So so it doesn't have to be somebody who's super wealthy. It's fine if it is, but it doesn't have to be. And somebody who really shares your values uh, and knows something about money. You mentioned a little bit earlier, the difference between consulting, coaching and being an, a mentor. Can you just define those for people who are listening, uh, who may not be familiar with those different terms and how they're different?
0: yeah and this is in my experience um so consultant is somebody you pay them a fee I, I think and you need you need them to come up with a solution so maybe you're not creating enough sales or you have an operational conundrum or your account payables is late you you, you hire an account, a consultant and they solve your problem a coach is somebody in my experience that will help you come up with a solution and it can take you know, one day or a whole lifetime. Now, a mentor, I think, and, and this I think works with certain type of people, is somebody that exemplifies what you want to become or some type of values that you want to become. So let's, let's think about a sport. Let's say I want to play golf. I guess a consultant will just tell me what to do. A coach will encourage me to maybe play golf, but give me some homework. And then a mentor will probably be Tiger Woods. Um, if that's what I want to
2: <laughs> go right to Tiger Woods, why not? Why not go right to the top?
0: <laughs> Sky's a <the> limit.
2: <laughs> that's funny. So that's really helpful. Those distinctions and that example around golf. Now, with mentorship, I'm wondering if there are any pitfalls. Like, what are the things that people should watch out for when they're either searching for a mentor or being connected with a mentor? if
0: you want to be like Oprah Winfrey, uh, in a mentor, you should look for some of the traits that Oprah Winfrey has. Um, so, so you can expect that. So it's the same thing with a coach, a coach that is great with lifetime planning may not be great with accounting coaching or, you know, a sports coaching. So, so it's the same as a doctor, um, a mentor a mentor that, that may be helpful to you, Kathleen, may not be helpful to me. It depends. I think it's very unique and personalized. And the most important thing in mentorship, I think, is trust um, and 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 respect. And just so you, those who are listening, I, I don't know if you would agree with me, Kathleen. I had a mentor a couple years ago, and she she didn't have enough time. But it didn't matter because a little time I had with her and I could just follow what she did and and I can learn how she did it. That helped me a lot. Um, So maybe a mentor is not so time intensive. It's more of exemplifying a role that you you want to follow. I would agree with you. I think it, the other thing
2: I'm going to add to the conversation, because I've had this experience where you have a mentor and the person really helps you and you really move forward and you get to a point where maybe you need a different mentor and that it's okay sometimes to move to someone else. Um, I also think when it comes to kind of a pitfall, this just popped into my mind of a situation I was in, is your mentor needs to be a cheerleader for you. And if you feel like the person is wanting you to be a mini me, in other words, be just like them and not really a cheerleader, uh, that can be just a sign that maybe it's not the best fit. But in general, it sounds like looking for the values, looking for someone you aspire to be and being able to really, whether it's a little time or a lot of time, really just emulate some of what uh, they have done and learn from their experience.
0: The other thing to think about, I, 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 you know, I always like to compare with doctors is do you want a mentor that has worked with a lot of patients or a mentor that has survived what you're trying to do? You know, it depends on how you like to learn and how you like to experience things. And so with the
2: Hispanic community and all the work that you have done, you know, whether that's education or in the uh, consulting role or whether as a mentee, uh, you know, What do you see happening with the next generation and where do you see the role of maybe money mentors in helping the next generation? I mean, whether they're Hispanic or whether a a different cultural background, I think there can be some real value in this.
0: I see the next generation being very entrepreneurial and needing more mentorship because maybe a mentor in the past you will find at your workplace, but... More and more women are, because of the, also the time flexibility, are becoming entrepreneurs. And there's more of a need of of having a mentor, especially because sometimes that, in the past, they would be your boss. I mean, it's my experience um, living in the corporate world. But um, the Hispanic uh, community will need to find some role models that are aligned with where you wanna get to. And and sometimes, I'm gonna tell you a story, which I will ask for your opinion here. I was at a large bank, international bank uh, keynote. I was talking about the difference between women and men in money. And, And I remember there was one person before me and she was talking about how great she was, where she went, all the accolades she had, how awesome she is. And everybody was, all the women were, because it was a women event, all the women were cheering and cheering and just asking mostly for her autograph, I think. And I remember talking to my dad and then I, i, I it, it was my turn. And I was talking about, you know, biological difference between women and men. And I remember talking to my father after, and I said, I don't understand the reaction of the audience. Because here's this woman who didn't really say anything. (laughs) She just talked about how great she was. And then I come me, and I'm giving all these facts and all these things, and I didn't really receive the same uh, reaction. And my dad, who has been a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, and, uh, and he has his own consulting firm on market demographics and research, he says, Elaine, it's because there's not a role model in the Hispanic community on the business side so much. And anyone that just comes out and talks about how great she is may just win that. So so I guess a piece of notes uh, of attention here. Do your research and align with the people that really have the background because of the void that there's not a lot of role models right now, I guess, in the Latin community that are business people, anyone can say something. So just just read the background. And, well, I mean, some people like it one way and some people like it the other way. Well, I don't you know,
2: know what, being a fellow keynote speaker, first of all, that's a hard thing to follow. So kudos to you that you got up and did your presentation and then you processed it afterwards because certainly I think we've all been there. Secondly, I really think what, what we're talking about here is the difference between being a role model uh, and educating around finances and boosting confidence and being a celebrity and letting people know that you're a guru and you're good at something. And so I think there's a cautionary tale in what you said, yes. which is you want to be very careful of the gurus. They can be great people. You can admire them. It happens to not be my thing either, uh, Elaine. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> But you also need to know when you are looking for a mentor, you want someone of substance that can lead you somewhere as opposed to talk about themselves. Because mentorship isn't about saying, I am really great. This is what I did. It's more saying, this is my experience, this is what worked, this what didn't work. How do you think that would fit for you? And I think that's the distinction you're making.
0: Yes, it's, it's an internal growth. It's kind of like a tree, like a tr- you want a mentor that is a tree with roots as opposed to a Christmas tree.
2: You are great at the analogies and and time goes so fast. Um, I can't believe we're already done with this discussion about mentorship. And why don't you tell the audience a little bit about what you're up to next? And certainly uh, people may have more questions for you or be interested in having you come in and speak or consult or whatever the case may be. Um, So I would love for them to be able to find out more about you.
0: Oh, I would love it. Thank you. So, um, I just finished my book on uh, the 10 commandments on family enterprise focused on next generation women entrepreneurs. And because I work with a lot of family intergenerational businesses. And then I also finished my book, which is going to be published, um, the first half a year of this year is <laughs> the second part of the children's book. It's usually for kids. Uh, Well, it's about value, value of money, but it's usually for kids from, I think, eight to 12 or eight to 10. Um, And then um, I have an online course. The first book, Family, I actually recorded it yesterday, La Familia y el Dinero, which is Family Money Matters for Parents. So hopefully we can see each other soon in the, I guess, in the social media virtual world. Yes,
2: yes. Well, you certainly have uh, been very busy during this pandemic. So I will put all those links in the show notes. And again, uh, Elaine, it's been so wonderful to break money silence with you and reconnect.
0: Oh, thank you so much. You're so kind. And I wish you all the best financial well-being and prosperity for everybody.
2: This episode is sponsored by Life Transitions by Dr. Amy. When it comes to life's challenges, there are two types of people, those experiencing the change and the professionals advising them. Life Transitions by Dr. Amy walks beside both, helping financial professionals and individuals navigate more gracefully through any life change. To find out more, visit dramy.life.